Thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. For more information about our church, service times, and resources, please check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com. You can also search One Cause Church on Facebook and on Twitter. God bless you. Tonight I want to talk to you. I've had uh, some conversation with a few of you um, over some time talking about the subject of prayer. And so I thought tonight we would talk about it. And I want you, if you're taking notes, take notes. Write feverishly. Well, maybe not feverishly, but take as many notes as you can. I'm going to get some things in your life that will help you in your prayer life. Uh, some things that I have personally done myself that I've found great fruit from. But tonight I've just simply titled this Productive Prayer. Are you ready? Yes. You know, in our lives we, we, really, we really do live our lives on on two levels as Christians. We have our personal life in our home and with our family, but we also have our church life too, right? We also have our life where we're in the, in, in the community and we're shining a light uh, uh, our, our, the, and being able to take moments to share the gospel with people and being used of God for the kingdom. And so we really have these two dynamics and prayer works in both of these ways. Prayer works to impact your personal life, your family and the generations following. And prayer works also through you to impact others' lives. And ladies and gentlemen, I, I dare say that prayer can go as far as changing a nation. If, if, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and what? Pray, right? Then a nation can change. I know a nation right now that needs some shaking up. I love the United States of America, but ladies and gentlemen, we need help. And we need the right kind of help. And the kind of help that we need is the help that the church of the living God is here to bring. Yes. See, this is, what, this is how God is doing business on planet earth today. Mm-hmm. Through his church, his bride, his body, yeah. which you are. But many people have a vague understanding uh, on the subject of prayer. And so we're going to talk about prayer in your personal life, and uh, t- mainly tonight. And, you know, prayer many times can be... A, a drudgery. And, I, and I, I, I want us all just to be honest here tonight. Can we do that together and not put on our religious cloaks and act like that doesn't apply to us because, hello, we're humans, right? Uh-huh. And, uh, and some are embarrassed to pray, you know, about, about their prayer life, or, you know, maybe praying at a restaurant or something. You've seen the headache prayer, right? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Really let's, let's meal in Jesus' name. <laughs> Listen, prayer should be as natural to us as breathing and enjoyable as eating. Are you hearing me tonight? I want to help you enjoy the power and the impact of of prayer. All right? Uh, Turn over to Luke chapter 18. And we're going to look through several verses of Scripture. Tonight we're just going to lay some groundwork and maybe next Wednesday night. Maybe tonight I'll... Lay out the appetizer. How's that? Chips and salsa. Anybody up for some chips and salsa tonight? Huh? Yeah. Mm. Or maybe some artichoke dip with some chips. No. Cheese. Just a few. Maybe maybe some hot wings. Hmm. Maybe some of those uh, little. Uh, what are those little cheeseburgers called? Sliders. Yeah, that you get over at Chili's. Ooh. Some bread and some olive oil to dip it in. 
<laughs> Pastor Everett, Miss Nancy are ready to get out of here. Yeah. Whatever, whatever your favorite appetizer is. But tonight, I, I want to get some good things into you. And, and Luke chapter 18, verse 1 says, Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Men always ought to pray and not lose heart. That's important. Always pray and don't lose heart. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 16 says, Rejoice evermore. And then 17 says, Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, we all come from different backgrounds as far as church goes. Some not so much church. Some some. A more traditional church, some Pentecostal, a more uh, spirit-filled church, whatever it might be. Um, some of you came out from a background where in your church you prayed the same prayers every week, right? You, you knew exactly what you're coming into every Sunday or every, every service it was because that's just how the tradition was. And, and, and you prayed these certain prayers, and, you, and after a certain amount of time, you had them memorized. And then it, and then it almost became get through the prayers and get out of it as quickly as possible. Really? Nobody here? Okay, well. I was raised in church where we tarried in prayer. Right? Tarry. I'm always, uh, the, that was our favorite word, tarry. You got to travail in prayer. Labor in prayer. Hmm? Tarry in prayer. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not against all those things, but that's not everything. I, I can remember a time when I was a kid that my parents were dragging us to church 6 o'clock every morning to pray the one-hour prayer. 6 o'clock in the morning, Monday through Friday, we were getting up, going to the church, and praying one hour. Because it was a big deal. Jesus said, could you not tarry with me one hour? Oh my God, you're not an effective Christian unless you're praying one hour a day. Shane Burke, you went to those, didn't you? God help us. Every day. And it wasn't really, I mean, you had to, well, here's the problem with that. You're clock watching the entire time. Oh, let me say something to you right quick. If ever you feel like time is just speeding by, try praying for an hour. Everything slows way down. Or try fasting. I mean, that day will grow so long. <laughs> but it's true. And I think there are times in my life when I've prayed that because I wanted to get that one hour. I wanted to, tear, I wanted to be there with Jesus for an hour, be there for him. And by the time it was over, I don't know who was more relieved, me or God. Huh? I told you I was just going to be real with you tonight. I, I'm, I mean, but I need you to be real with me too. I mean, let, let's, let's just face it. It can be, prayer at times can just be something we don't look forward to doing. Now, we know we need to. And dadgummit, we hear it enough. You need to pray. Amen. Right? I think we do need to pray. But just having the mentality that we need to is not really going to fix anything, right? I need to all day long, but it doesn't necessarily change what I'm going to do.
Prayer should never be something that you dread, but something that you enjoy. It's, it's, it's not something you do because you need to, even though, like I said, it's been said that you need to. Listen, God is practical. He's a practical God. He created you. He knows how you work, like we talked about Sunday morning. He created us in His image, so He knows how we work, right? He knows what we're doing. He, he knows that you can't stop everything else in your life and literally pray all the time. That's not what these scriptures are saying. Pray without ceasing. Men ought to pray everywhere, right? But he's not talking about 24 hours a day. If he was, that means you're not allowed to sleep either. That means that you're all in sin and not sitting there listening to me preach instead of you praying. <laughs> right? God knows you have to work. He knows you have to eat. He knows you have things to take care of. He knows you have to sleep. So this isn't a 24-7 thing. He's talking about a lifestyle of prayer that is continual throughout your life. You don't drift in and out of this prayer life with God. It's a continual thing in your life. You ought to pray always and not faint. Now the Amplified Version of Luke chapter 18 says, Also Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward. Isn't that interesting? Not to turn coward, faint, lose heart, or give up. Prayer is not a ritual. It is communion and communication with Almighty God. And when you get it into the fabric of, of your very life, then you won't tell yourself you need to pray. You'll just pray. I don't tell myself I need to breathe. I just breathe. Right? I don't tell myself I need to pray. I just pray. It's a natural flow in my life. Now, it hasn't always been that way. Because I had this need to pray mentality which seemed to work against me more than it did for me. Anytime that you slip off that slippery slope called condemnation and guilt and shame, you just completely go numb and powerless. James chapter 4, verse 2. Let's turn over there for a moment. Is everybody all right tonight? James chapter 4, verse 2. It says, you lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet... You do not have because you do not ask. You're doing all this, you've got all, making all this effort either through the flesh or through rage and havoc of war, all kinds of ways, except just asking. Mm-hmm. Working two jobs instead of just asking. Now, there are some of you in here tonight who need something, who want something. But you don't have it because you just simply haven't asked for it. Uh-huh. Amen. I've heard, oh, you can't just ask God for something. You can't just ask God for something. He's not a, he's not a genie in a lamp waiting to grant your wishes. <laughs> can't just ask God. Well, if you believe that, then you're going to have to tear out a lot of pages in your Bible good. if you're going to feel good about thinking like that. It's true. Jesus said, and I'm going to quote you a few scriptures here, and I might write these down. Mark, Mark chapter 11, we know these scriptures very well. Verse 24 says, Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Oh, I just want what God wants. Well, He wants what you want. Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you will have them. Those are the words of Jesus, the words in red. 
All right? Now, I know, I know what you think, and, and every, we all do this. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Hmm? And we reason ourselves right out of just pure, simple, childlike faith all the time. Oh, you've got to balance that out. Okay, hang on, I'm going to. We're going to read some more scriptures. Be anxious for nothing, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. But in everything, everybody say in everything, everything. by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. In everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Now, Jesus also said, whatever you ask in my name, what's going to happen? He said, I'll do it. I'll do it. Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. Now, I just want to just remind you about our God and his glorious names. He has lots of names. One of my favorite names ever is I Am. He, comp- <laughs> he just takes the lid off and says, I am. What do you need? I am. I am. I am. But I want to give you some, some, some names that maybe you've overlooked and forgotten about. He says, in my name, whatever you ask in my name. El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. See, that's why, that's why your prayer should never be limited to just your needs. Because he's the God of more than enough. But if you never ask him in that name of El Shaddai, then you never get to realize what more than enough looks like. Lord, I just want my needs met. I don't ask for much. How many times I've heard this prayer? I don't ask for much, Lord. I, don't want, I just want my needs met. Just meet my needs. That's all I ask. I humbly ask. No, that's not humble. That's all about you. If all your whole life and your prayer life is consistent about you getting your needs met, ladies and gentlemen, come on. Just want my needs met, Jesus. Mm, no, you're blessed to be a blessing. You need more than your needs met. You need the stuff coming into your life, overflowing out of your life so that you can impact and help other people. See, that's not a humble prayer. That's a selfish prayer. Come on, give me a good amen on that one. Well, pastor, what if I've prayed it? Well, quit praying it. Pray bigger. You serve God who's El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Talk to him about the more than enough. Huh? Amen. Now, does he meet your needs? Yeah. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So it's way bigger than you can ever imagine anyway. All right. Now, everybody say Adonai. Adonai, I love this one. It means Lord, Master, Owner, Ruler. Jehovah. This is the personal name of God and His relationship as our Redeemer. I love that. Jehovah, the God or the Redeemer. Now, there are lots of names tied to Jehovah, one being Jehovah Jireh, 
Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees or the Lord who provides. It really means the Lord who sees. But you can know if he sees it, then that means he has a provision for it. See, he sees your situation, he sees your need, he sees your life, and he has provision for it. It's not going to do you any good if he sees you and, has, and can't do anything about it. Right? But just the fact that his eyes see your situation, his eyes see your need, hallelujah, that means there's an answer, there's a provision. And that's what Abraham called that place on the mountain, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord provided the lamb that day, the ram caught in the thicket instead of his son having to be sacrificed. All right? In my name. Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, you need more than enough? I'll do that. Well, you need provision? I'll do that. Need me to see your situation? I'll do that. But you have not because you ask not. Amen. Jehovah Rapha. Anybody know what this means? The Lord, our healer. Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord, our peace. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Jehovah, I like this one, Sid Canoe. Lord, our righteousness. Hallelujah. Jehovah Sabaoth, I like that one. S-A-B-A-O-T-H, Sabaoth. It means the Lord of hosts or the Lord who fights for us. The Lord who avenges on your behalf. The Lord of Sabaoth. I love that. Jehovah Sabaoth. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Now Hebrews chapter 13. You hear me quote the scripture quite a bit. Verse 5 it says. He has said. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Amen. Amen. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. The Lord is present. And then again of course. I am. There's lots of names. I don't have time to go over all the names of God. It's extraordinary. And you ought to just do that. You ought to just get in your Bible and find out who he is. Hallelujah. And start praying in that name. Hallelujah. Because he has that name for you. That is a covenant name. That if you'll call on that name, then you get that provision. You get what that name brings into your life. You get what that name provides for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, John chapter 15, verse 7, Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. Here it is again. You will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. So one of the signs that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ is answered prayers. Hallelujah. And God receives glory when your prayers are answered. The name of the game concerning prayer is answers. Hallelujah. I love Garth Brooks, but he got it wrong. God's greatest gift is not unanswered prayers. It's answered prayers. Hallelujah. 
probably wrote that when he was with his friends in low places, though. All right, 1 John chapter 5. First <laughs> John chapter 5, verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, everybody say anything. Yeah. Come on, say it like you mean it. Anything according to his will, he hears us. And that's, anytime I start talking about getting your, your prayers answered and, and whatever things you desire, I'm always taken to that scripture. Yeah, but this says you've got to pray according to his will. Yes. Duh. Hey. We know, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. That is an amazing, amazing bit of revelation for us to understand concerning our prayer. That is, so you can ask, you can ask in confidence according to this scripture, and you know that he hears you. Isn't that good to know that God hears when you're speaking to him? And for him to hear you, all you have to do is pray according to his will. We complicate this. This is really quite simple. Prayer is not that difficult. God made it very easy for us. See, in a, you might write this down. Before you pray, you need to know the will of God. Matter of fact, uh, Ephesians 5, bring 5.17 up, and let's take a risk on that one. I think it's Ephesians 5.17 that says, Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians 5. Therefore, yeah, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So if the Bible's telling us to understand the will of the Lord, then we can understand the will of the Lord. Yeah. Right? If it's telling us it's unwise not to know it, and God gives us wisdom to those who liberally ask, uh, to, to those who ask Him in faith, He gives it liberally. Hello, we can really know the will of God. So before you pray, know what the will of God is. Yeah. Ineffective prayer sounds like this: you give your request and you end it with your wonderful religious phrase, "If it be Thy will." <laughs> right? Uh-uh. No, no, no. See, it doesn't become the will of God if you pray, if it be your will. No, you need to know the will of God first, then pray accordingly. His will, does not, his will is not enforced by how you pray. You pray according to His will. He doesn't will to do something because you manipulate and say the, all the right words at the right time. And God says, okay, yeah, it's my will this time. No, he's established his will through his word. His son is the living proof of his will. Hallelujah. Yeah. So that when we pray, we can know that he hears us. And we know if he hears us, then we get what we pray for. Yeah. Is this helping you tonight? I hope it's helping. I want it to help you. All right. All you have to do is get God to hear you. All in order to get him to hear is to pray according to his will. So, what is prayer then? What is this prayer? Anybody know who E.W. Kenyon is? E.W. Kenyon is a great man of God. I, I just want to give you a few quotes that he said because I, I, it's really marvelous what he said. I don't do a whole lot of quotes, but this guy had some really great things to say about prayer. What, the number one thing he says about prayer is prayer is an invitation from God to come and fellowship with him. 
prayer is an invitation invitation from God to come and fellowship with him. Think about that. God would invite us to do something. He's not obligated to invite us anywhere. But if I invite you over to my house, hallelujah, then that means I want you there. Prayer is this invitation. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Come boldly before the throne. This is invitation coming from God. Come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come and talk things over with God. Number two thing that that E.W. Kenyon said about prayer is really good. Prayer is not a slavish duty. It's a privilege. Amen. Amen. This is a privilege. And, And another one thing he said, prayer is coming to God with your needs. This is so good. Prayer is coming to God with your needs and with his promise to meet those needs. See, there's the will of God in your prayer. You come to him with the need, but you also come hey, you said this. This is what you said. I'm coming to you because I need healing, and you said, by his stripes, I am healed. I'm coming to you with a need and with the promise. Because don't forget what we talked about before out of uh, Hebrews chapter 4 a couple of weeks ago when I had that sword, remember that? And talked about how the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged. That is a twice-spoken word. God says it, and then you say it. And at that moment, every, every enemy in your life has lost the battle. Amen. Hallelujah. It's sharper than all those swords. It's the greatest weapon. The twice-spoken word of God. Amen. But people lots of times come to God with their needs, but fail to bring the promise along with them. That's right. yeah. And God's merciful. He is gracious. I thank God that He is. But according to His will is when we bring His word. Prayer is our faith crying out to God. It's, it's not even our needs crying out. It's not our desperate situation. It's not our fears. It's not our worries. It is our faith cry. Because remember, what is faith? Believing and speaking. Faith comes, remember, by hearing. Faith is released by speaking. All right. You know, the disciples were around people that prayed all the time before Jesus. They were around people that prayed. They were around the Pharisees. Jesus said, don't be like the Pharisees who pray all the time. But it's how they were praying with their many words, right? Long prayers. They came to him in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. See, Like I said, they saw people praying, but when Jesus prayed, they saw something happen. The way he prayed, the way he talked to the Father was not like everybody else. He got results. He wasn't just going through motions. He was moving things. Hallelujah. Things were happening. Remember that when when Jesus stood there at Lazarus' tomb? Remember what he said? Father, I thank you that you hear me always. This is the confidence that we all can have as the believers. I thank you that you hear me always. Hallelujah. And when you purpose to have a lifestyle of prayer, your flesh is going to fight you. 
The devil's going to fight you. You are absolutely going to face resistance. When you decide you are going to have a regular prayer life, hallelujah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm looking at some of your faces tonight, and you're already, your flesh is fighting. You're staying awake in here, but it's kind of hot. Anyway, I know it's not the, I know it's not the preaching. It's, it's the temperature. Uh, but listen, it's amazing how your body, when you go to pray, will suddenly get so tired. Eyes get heavy. Huh? Am I talking to anybody in here tonight? Right? I mean, you get so tired as soon as you start to pray. But you're watching football, not a chance you're getting tired. You can be very tired and sit there and watch an entire football game. But as soon as you go to pray, oh, man, I'm tired. Right? Because your flesh is fighting you. Because that's not feeding the appetite of the flesh. Huh? Your mind goes to wonder and you're thinking about things you were doing when you were 12 years old. You know? Amen. <laughs> brain's wandering you're getting tired you think about all kinds of stuff see your prayers have impact on your life and so this flesh the world the devil are going to resist you in that amen. amen because not only do they impact your life but they have the ability to impact others lives so make yourself stop thinking of prayers as a punishment or as boring, or as the last resort in your life. Well, I tried everything else, might as well try God too. Backed into a corner. All right, Lord, I'm looking at you. All right? Get that, get that thinking out of your life. All right? Pray and ask the Lord to help you in your attitude toward prayer and your perspective about prayer. Right? Need a new perspective about it. This is a lifestyle. It's something that we do. We're believers. We talk to God. And li listen, listen. Another thing is God wants you to ask. He wants you to ask. Ask, and it will be given unto you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, I'm, I'm reading Matthew chapter 7, by, by the way, 7 through 11. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things or good gifts to those who, what? Ask him. Right? The good things will come to you. If you ask, hallelujah, this isn't that complicated, is it? And so I want to tell you tonight, when you pray, pray big. Pray big. Pray like you need God's partnership in this thing or it's going to totally fail. Whatever venture it is, whatever vision that you have, whatever need that you have, don't pray according to how you can meet the need or how some other man can meet the need. Pray, pray in such a way that the answer completely depends on God's intervention in it. It's out of your reach. It's out of your ability to do anything about it. It's outside of your strength. It's outside of your resources. It's outside of what this world can bring. That you pull God right into your situation and say, okay, God, I'm going to pray that sun stand still kind of prayer. Who was Joshua? What kind of audacity did this man have to, to command the solar system to come to a halt? Yeah. yeah. Amen. But it happened. Hmm? And you have a better covenant, established on better promises. Yeah. Ooh. 
I mean, if you're going to pray, go for it. Really pray. The founder of Christ for the Nations, a guy by the name of Gordon Lindsay, said you ought, to play, you ought to pray one hot, fiery, fervent prayer every day. Every day. Amen. Why? Why? Because he became poor so that you could become rich. Now, I don't know about you, I'm not, that, I'm not quite there yet. Now, I am at, uh, uh, when I go to India, I'm rich. <laughs> right? But in my sphere, not, not so much. But he became poor, so you could become rich. And if, we, if you want to argue with me that it's materialistic or spiritual, well, I'll be happy to talk to you about it. It's materialistic wealth. That's what it says. He became wounded and you became what? Healed. Maybe for you, a big prayer is praying for healing. Yeah. Praying to receive complete wholeness and health in your body. Pray that way. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't forget that little lady with the issue of blood. She went to the doctors and spent all that she had on those doctors. Yeah. Everything that she had, they couldn't do it. But there was somebody who could do something about her situation. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Jesus could do something. You believe that Jesus can do something about your situation today? Hmm? Amen. Jesus became sin, and you became the righteousness of God in Christ. For some of you, that's a big prayer to pray that way, to think of yourself outside of being a sinner. I know some of you were ingrained with it growing up in the kind of church you went to. We're all just sinners saved by grace. Pardon me, that's not what the Bible says. Being a sinner is one thing. Being saved by grace is something altogether different. You are saved by grace. You were a sinner, but today you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. 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 Glory to God. I'm almost done. Stay with me. It is hot, isn't it? He became a curse and you became what? Blessed. For some of you, that's a big prayer. To think that God would bless you. Because you think about your life and you think about the things that you've done or said that you, have, you feel like you've canceled yourself out of God's blessing. Not so, my friend. Not so, my friend. Because it wasn't your performance that brought that blessing into your life. It was what Jesus did for you. He became the curse and blessing came into your life. And you just have to believe big enough that he did it for you. And start enjoying the benefits of being connected to a God who blesses. And let me remind you of this today that blessing can't be reversed. He made it in such a way that it can never be reversed. Woo, can you accept that tonight? And then he became the son of man so that you and I could become sons of God. Because we could never be sons of God if he hadn't become the son of man. For as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Hmm. For as many as would believe on him. All right? Have I helped you tonight? Amen. 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 So look at your prayer life as something you can make it enjoyable. You can make it a good time with the Lord. And you don't have to, don't, try not to even set time limits on it. You're, you're setting yourself up for failure there. All right? It's a lifestyle. All throughout your day. I just steal moments with God throughout the day. 
Sometimes I purposefully go into a prayer mode, but most of the time it's here and there. In between things, getting in the car, going from this direction to there, just start praying in the Spirit. Still that moment with God. Turn the radio off. Don't get distracted by something else. Just spend those moments. Still those moments with Him. John, your life will, will, will be enriched by that. God has this invitation to us. He opens up this invitation. Come. What a great thing that the God of the universe will want to commune with us. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together tonight. Once again, thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. We invite you to check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com for upcoming events and information about us. God bless you.